This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrantHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Great angler, great guy, and a great interview. Dwayne Peterson is back on Fish in Paul Bunyan Country, and yes, he faces a fast five. Plus, it's Lake of the Week Day, and we're checking out a lake in the Park Rapids area with Mike Kelly of the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office. Hang tight. It's all coming up. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Well, first time we've been able to talk to him this year. It's always great to have him in. We've got Dwayne Peterson, uh, one of the founders of Northland Fishing Tackle and a Hall of Fame angler back on the show. Dwayne, great to have you back in. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Well, it's a few weeks into the season. I'm assuming you've went line a few times this year already. I have. That's what I do. Uh, I haven't unhooked my boat from my truck uh, since the first weekend of the walleye season, and I did make a trip to the Rainy River prior to that, so I'm, I'm locked and loaded, and I'm ready to go. I don't go as early anymore, but I go as often. Yeah, you got all day. There's no reason we, we need to get up in the, you know, in the middle of the night to, to get to, on the water to fish. My friend Gordy Carlson always said that those walleyes that you catch between 10 and 2 taste just as good as those that you might catch between 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. I agree with him. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> well, what have you been seeing out there? Has the bite been good? Yeah, the bite has been good. We, you know, we started with a very unusual spring, as everybody knows, and late spring, and it, we just couldn't get the lakes to open up and the water to warm, and and we were kind of pessimistic as to how the opener might develop in you know in our area and lo and behold we we fished in 40 degree water temperature low 50s and barely getting into the 60s now and we've had we've had good walleye fishing right from the get-go uh in this area and it surprised us a little bit but 
but those fish are still biting. Uh, no matter the water temperature, you just got to adapt a little bit to the conditions and the locations. And uh, so, yeah, I think we've had we've had very very good uh, walleye fishing in in your uh, listing area. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every lake that uh, it has walleyes that you you think of as good walleye waters, I've been hearing good reports from. And you know, nothing shocking this spring. Shallow jigs and minnows, that seems to be the trick, and, of course, that's that's always the trick this time of year. Well, I think it is current. You know, current played in. That first uh, weekend or two, we had we had fish in the, in the current areas yet, and, and that was pretty productive. But I think the thing that, that was most noticeable to me was the, the changing wind directions and the velocity of the wind that we had for, for those first several weeks there, and you had to, you had to pick a place where you could, you could fish comfortably, uh, make that wind work for you to some degree, but also comfortable enough where you could could survive it. Uh, so wind has been a factor, and and the wind has has moved the warm water around on these lakes, and and I've seen that influence, uh, you know, where the best bite has has been. I was on Lake Bemidji yesterday, and I had 56 degrees, uh, you know, in the northwest corner of the lake, and the northeast corner of the lake was up to 60 with that west wind that blew, you know, for for uh, 24 hours, so uh, yeah, the wind has influenced the uh, positioning of the fish. Well, I'm I'm guessing you're probably using a fireball jig. That's what I use. I, I like the stand up fireball. Uh, that's that's my go to. I've got one tied on. I've I've used it exclusively uh, this this uh, this spring so far with the walleye fishing. I use an eighth ounce, and and of course, uh, there's a lot of jigs out there. A lot of options. Uh, that DP jig from from Northland is getting a lot of play, and it's, it's it's like a shiner jig where you can go in the mouth and out the gill and through the back, and and it, it is effective. But I still I still opt for the fireball. Uh, it's still my go-to, has been for thirty years. What what is your uh, rule of thumb when it comes to time to to change to a different presentation? Well, I think the first thing you got to do is put something down there you got confidence in. Not necessarily something that somebody else is catching fish on or somebody else is promoting, but you you put down and present what you have confidence in. It's just like techniques and methods. There's a lot of ways to catch them, all species, a lot of different ways to catch fish. And what you need to do is focus on what works for you, uh, what you have confidence in, and 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 go with it. Uh, you can change baits all you want, but in, in the end, it's that bait that you've got the most confidence in that you've used for years. It's probably going to catch the most fish. Uh, I think it's more likely that rather than change baits, I would be would tend to change locations. It's all about location with these fish, and like I said, there's a lot of ways to catch them, but they're not so easy to find all the time. That is the trick, isn't it? I mean, even with all of our electronics now, they can still hide from us. Yes, they can, and and I'll tell you this: this whole movement uh, in the fishing world with mapping and GPS and live scope and cell phones and spot lock and big beautiful boats. We're trying to catch them all, I guess. So it's just I, I kind of yearn for days past where it was a simpler game and and we had less uh, equipment to to maintain and keep running and learn how to operate and been in this game a long time and we've seen changes that are just just unbelievable how much change there's been in in uh the tools that we have available to pursue this this little green fish uh it's unbelievable how it's changed but, but we've had to adapt to it and it seems like our fisheries are holding up uh, to the pressure 
but it is worrisome to some degree uh, uh, how much you know how much technology can our resources tolerate, and I think we're stressing it right now. And and I agree with that. And I you know I watched that and I talked to a lot of people about that. But at the same time, I don't know how you put the genie back in the bottle if you wanted to. Oh, it's like the rest of our life, you know. Yep. You uh, you wouldn't go back to a black and white TV, nineteen uh, inch black and white TV, one only in your house. Now we're we're just spoiled, you know. The the times have changed a lot of things, and and uh, we can't stop that. We've got to adapt to them, and and fishing is no different. Uh, the changes that we've seen in in the last 30 to 40 years or 20 to 40 years, it's, it's been horrendous. And it's been fun. It's been exciting. It's been it's been fun to be a part of it. But the bottom line is it's uh, those fish have their own world, and you're invading it. And you've got to figure out how to uh, how to outsmart them and, and play the game, so to speak. Uh, but, but there also remains an opportunity to participate in the game of fishing without all the the bells and whistles that we're seeing on a lot of the big uh, fishing boats today. You can you can fish from shore, you can fish from the dock, you can fish from a kayak or a canoe and uh, and you can fish with one rod and one jig for that matter and 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 have just as much enjoyment as those guys or those people that are out there with with all the uh, bells and whistles. You got me thinking about a, what would make for a very interesting fishing tournament, a no-electronics fishing tournament. That would be very interesting. Well, it would be interesting, but you probably wouldn't get any participants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, they're kind of joined at the hip, you know, and, and I'm, I'm one of them. I, you know, I've been in this industry so long, and I've had to try to keep up with, with what's going on. My sons, my grandsons have had, have to teach me the game uh kind of all over again but uh yeah i don't know that you'd be overly successful with <laughs> with that uh we we got a lot of money invested in our equipment and we'd really like to use it you know oh yeah yeah <laughs> well listen I, I think one of the things that's interesting you've probably heard me talk about this with a number of people uh you know in the last couple of years is with the social media uh i'm i'm looking at social media and i'm seeing guys now you know, went out um, on walleye opener and, you know, showed pictures of the walleyes they caught. And then later in the day, they're showing me pictures of the, the bass they caught. And there just seems to be a lot of guys that are, are more open to switching up uh, on a regular basis what fish they're going for. Well, I think that's a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always always promoted and preached that you, if you stay diversified and you fish the whole the whole. Uh, resource all there's multiple number of species of fish in our lakes and all of them are vulnerable or more vulnerable at certain times of the year under certain conditions and i think if you pursue opportunity you have more success and yes i'm seeing the same and i'm doing it myself you know i I, i'm fishing multi-species uh i won't fish walleye so much now after the kc walleye classic uh on the on the 11th i'll fish more crappies and more bass and more bluegills and so yeah, I think uh, diversity is something that has uh, is much more widespread now. There aren't just guys called walleye fishermen or guys called musky fishermen or bass fishermen. We 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 kind of uh, share the fisheries and and diversify our pursuit and 
I think the result is we enjoy it. More variety is good, and, and I think we catch more fish. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, with the social media and people hearing about things, we're seeing things like uh, even the uh, lowly old eel pout, now a popular fish to catch. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's gotten some play anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know how popular it is, and I know the guys that have promoted that, that fishery are, are, are friends and very good fishermen, and they're having a lot of fun with it. And uh, all fish are worthy of, uh, of the enjoyment that comes with, with hooking up with them and catching them, and I guess the eel powder bourbon is, is one of them. One of the best, Dwayne Peterson, my guest today. we got a lot more to cover with Dwayne later on in the show, but up next, it's time for our Lake of the Week. We're headed over to the Park Rapids area. Mike Kelly has the details coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. We're headed over to the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office, checking in with fishery specialist Mike Kelly. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for having me again, Kev. Time to talk about another lake and another year here. Yep, another lake that's somebody's favorite that they're going to be mad at me for revealing. These are kind of their secret lakes that uh, sometimes expose. But I think that's kind of why we live here, right, Mike? Not just because we have those big, beautiful bodies of water, but because we can have a, a different adventure every day of the year, really, if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. It's easy to drive by 20 lakes you should fish to go to the one you always fish. So I think uh, <laughs> the lake we're going to talk about today is one of those lakes. Yeah, it's called Boot Lake. It's not too big. But, boy, it's got a lot of fish teaming in there. Yeah, Boot Lake's a pretty cool lake. It's uh, about 14 miles northwest of Park Rapids. Um, and uh, it's a kind of long lake running north to south. It's 385 acres. It's got really clear water, uh, usually approaching 20 feet water clarity. Um, and it's a really deep lake. It's over 100 feet deep at its maximum depth. Something dug up uh, many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a few lakes kind of that are similar in the Park Rapids area. Uh, LaSalle Lake is one of the deepest lakes in the state, and uh, Long Lake just outside of Park Rapids is kind of similar where they're kind of long running north to south, and they have that deep water. Um, they all support a, a tuli population, which can be a good food source for our walleyes and northern pike. And, and this lake is a lake that's got, you know, a lot of the things you're going to like. There's some bluegills in there. There's some crappie in there. There's some bass in there. Uh, lots of small northerns and uh, an okay population of walleyes, too, and a pretty decent size, it looks like. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, with all that deep water, there's not a lot of shallow water like uh, those bluegills or bass especially really like. Um, there is some kind of good vegetated habitat uh, kind of in the north and the south with some cabbage, but otherwise most of the lake it has kind of the, the long sand flats with hard stem bulrushes coming out, and it drops pretty quick into deep water. Um, so, yeah, it supports a pretty good walleye population, and uh, like you said, the average size of walleyes is, is kind of better than average, and they actually grow um, quicker than average uh, for most of the lakes around here, and we kind of attribute that to the tulip population in it. Um, and then you you spoke about a big population, Northern Pike, um, especially with the new 10 fish regulation we have around here. It would be a great lake to try to target some of those smaller pike 
this lake is one that historically we've always had a, a large population of small pike. Um, they usually average 18 to 19 inches in length. Our gimlet catch rates usually fluctuate between 7 and 9 a gillnet. So it's it's high, but it's not crazy high of some of the lakes we see now. And, and it's got largemouth. Is it a good population of largemouth or just kind of a secondary? It's, it's kind of a secondary. Um, the fish don't grow as quick just because they don't have all the good habitat. But you'll see fish up to 15, 16 inches out there. Um, we sample them pretty regularly up to that size, but we don't see much bigger than that. How about the uh, bluegills and, and crappies? Bluegills and crappies are, are kind of the same. There's not a lot of great habitats. They're a little bit smaller, a little bit slower growing than uh, most of the lakes we have around here. So you mentioned very clear water, so it sounds to me like you're, at this point, don't have AIS or anything like that going on? No, there's no AIS we know about in, in Boot Lake. We're kind of lucky in the Park Rapids area. It seems like we have it. We have AIS coming in from all ends, but a lot of lakes are still clear of all AIS species as far as we know. Well, I tip my hat to the various lake associations in your area. I know you guys have been very aggressive in combating that and have taken it very, very seriously, and it's paying off for you guys. Yeah, we're, we're definitely lucky in that regard. The, the local uh, coalition of lake associations is, is real active. Um, and a lot of the lakes, and uh, they've got a cleaning station right by the, the dump right in Park Rapids that anybody can go and use. So um, there's a lot of activities going along to kind of prevent any AS from moving in on us here. So if we wanted to sample this lake and take a look at Boot Lake, how do we get there? I guess the closest town is probably Park Rapids, but uh, if you go north of Park Rapids, 14, um, you'll turn left on the Conner Road 46, uh, and you go about five miles, and uh, there's a 90-degree corner where that road turns to the south, and uh, the axis is basically right on that 90-degree corner. Um, the axis is a nice concrete ramp, and it usually has a nice floating dock in it, a pretty large area for parking and to turn around there. Does it get a lot of pressure or, or not? No, it doesn't. Probably a third of the lake is developed, and I think a lot of the pressure we see out there is, is people that either have a cabin or a house on the lake, and there's there's two smaller resorts that are on the west side of the lake that also get some pressure through the summer, so that's where the majority of our pressure is coming from out there. But it sounds like it's a, it's a place you can go for a quiet day. Absolutely. So um, just because of how it's set up with that north-south uh, direction, I'd say stay off of it if you get a strong north or south wind, but uh, otherwise it's kind of a, a cool out-of-the-way lake to, to go check out. And again, north of Park Rapids. That's that simple. Correct. <laughs> Anything else we should know about this lake, Mike? Uh, one interesting thing we're looking at with Boot Lake is we may be uh, changing our walleye stocking from uh, fingerling stocking over to fry stocking in the future. Um, it has some good natural reproduction, just how it's set up. It, it looks like it could support fry stocking. Um, so in the next five years, I'd say we're probably going to be out there and um, do some fry stocking and likely some fall electrofishing to assess how well it works. So what would be uh, the advantage of going to fry stocking? You know? uh, fry stocking costs about a tenth of the price of fingerling ah, stocking. It's a lot easier uh, to get in the spring and more available. Um, recently, especially with uh, our milder winters, raising walleyes in the state is getting harder and harder for us to do. That's a good reason. That's as good a reason as there is, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get any better. And I mean, I mean, realistically, if we can fry stock a lake, we can be very successful with it at a at a very reasonable cost of the anglers. So it's 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 the best thing to do. Kind of if you look at it as a as a business expense or uh, what it costs to support a walleye fishery in the lake. He's Mike Kelly, fishery specialist, telling us about today's Lake of the Week, Boot Lake, uh, north of the Park Rapids area. Hey, Mike, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for the info. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Kevin. Up next, we check back in with Dwayne Peterson. 
I had forgotten to put together a fast five for him, and he reminded me to do it. So he was ready. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bumminji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Minnesota and National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer Dwayne Peterson, my guest today. We continue to fight uh, all kinds of different battles. Dwayne, uh, one of the big ones is AIS. That continues to be a concern. Um, we've seen AIS invade a number of lakes, but uh, as of now, at least in the short term, and knock on for Micah because that's what I have in front of me here, um, it, it hasn't affected the populations yet. It sure has affected the way you catch them, though. Yeah, sure, and I think we're we're adjusting to that. You know, the clarity of the water just amazing the clarity of the water that i observed on you know the area lakes uh andrews the first weekend bemidji the last few days and uh yeah the clarity winnie is another place i made one trip over there early on and uh the water clarity has has changed a lot and but i think the the fish are adapting the fishermen are adapting and uh, we'll see where it goes we've got to continue to be vigilant and and do our job. Uh, you know, I see the boat inspectors at the accesses, and they're, you know, they're they're preaching to us uh, to to be careful with uh, what we're what we're hauling back and forth in our boats. And uh, I think we can coexist with it uh, if we continue to to work at it like we're working now. And uh, our lakes are, I don't know, there's something about a lake with beautiful clear water too. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so true. And and uh, again, uh, we've got so many great ones to choose from up here. We we want to take care of them. That's the great thing about Minnesota anglers, I think, by and large, is um, they seem to be real uh, aware of what's going on, doing their best uh, to take care of the fisheries and uh, take care of the water. I mean, the fact that uh, catch and release is is almost uh, an automatic for most Minnesotans now on all species is a great thing. Yes, it is, and and that's uh, I've seen that evolve over you know over twenty five thirty years the the acceptance of selective harvest or catch and release uh, we're constantly you know trying to to uh, save save our fishery I guess by by being uh, you know not so greedy I guess is a good good way to put it I mean the we love to eat walleyes, but it's the 15 to 17 inches that are the best eating. And those 20, 22 inches, 19 inches, they just as well go back. Uh, and I think most people are putting them back now. Same way with bluegills and crappies and pike and, and muskies, of course, they led the way for years. And so, yeah, I think selective harvest, yes. Uh, eat some eat some fish, but uh, we don't need to over, overtake. So you will be competing in the uh, Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic? Absolutely, I'm not giving up yet. Uh, you know, I've I've enjoyed fishing that all these years with with my son Travis, and we've had a lot of success doing it. We work hard to get ready for it, and and uh, so Travis and I have teamed up for 
I don't know, what are we on, 21 years or something. And, and my son Craig and Dan Rude, they fish as a team. And now I've got my grandsons, uh, Charlie and Jace, that fished for the first time last year. And so we got three three Peterson teams in there now, uh, along with Dan Rude. And, and we have a lot of fun with it. It's a great tournament. It's a great cause. It's run by a, gr- a great group of people that, that uh, are interested in giving back to the community, and, and we support it for sure. Uh, uh, but, yes, I, I am fishing, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, uh, if uh, the early trend holds as, as what we've seen for walleye fishing in the Bemidji area this year, I expect it should be uh, pretty competitive and uh, might take a pretty big basket to win it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that, that lake is always uh, a challenge particularly when you get to tournament time and you've got a hundred teams out there that are, they're pre-fishing and, and it seems like they catch the easy ones and you've got to be able to locate some fish that maybe somebody else hasn't found or, or come up with a technique, you know, to catch them. But yes, they had, uh, the lake has been, has been very productive. It's, there's uh, several nice year classes out there and the, the kicker is you got to catch them when the whistle blows. And sometimes uh, you can catch them pretty good in the evening or out, out when there, aren't, there isn't much traffic on the lake. But when the whistle blows on tournament day, you've got, uh, you've got to catch them when the whistle is uh, when, it, when it's live, you know. And that's the fun thing about tournament fishing, I guess. we, we It's a, it's a different uh, scenario out there when you've got 100 teams to compete with. Well, listen, if we're headed out there this weekend and we just want to catch some fish and have some fun, what should we be doing and where should we be uh, finding them? Well, I've, I've watched the progression of the panfish uh, in and around my dock here, and and uh, the the bluegills and crappies and rock bass and, and the largemouth have moved in and out about three or four times, depending upon the, you know the water temperature and what the wind has done. And so I think the you know it, it's a good time to be looking for panfish uh, that they're being attracted to warm water. They're pulling up in the black bottom bays and in in and around the the old reed banks, and uh, that's a good way to entertain, you know, children or or uh, anybody for that matter. So I would I would say, you know, the pan fishing bite is is developing. Uh, there's a lot of perch showing up on the shallow flats on on the big lakes now. Just started to show up here the last few days. Uh, so I would say, you know, the, the walleye. Yes, it's still still peak walleye time. And pursue the walleyes, uh, continue to look on the shallow flats, the major walleye lakes of Bemidji and Plantagenet, and I guess the Cass Chain, Winnie, Red Lake, uh, Leech. Uh, there's so many options out there, and, and the walleye fishing is pretty much peak, you know, right now and will peak in the next uh, several days. But I'm dragging or making long casts with a fireball and a shiner yet. I've been doing that the whole, the whole walleye season so far. Uh, eighth ounce stand-up fireball jig with a shiner minnow is, is really hard to, to beat right now. This clear water, I'm making long casts up on top of the flats and five to nine feet. And long casts are really key because this clear water does not allow you to get over the top of these fish. And if you're not casting to them, if you drag with your electric motor or drift, use a long line. Don't be afraid to fish that jig a cast and a half behind the boat and and it's it's you're trying to get your presentation away from the path of the boat and that's very very critical in this clear water that we're dealing with now and uh it seems to it seems to help to get you know distant from the boat 
All right, before we let you go, Dwayne, we got to do the Fast Five. Are you ready for the Fast Five? Absolutely. All right, I think I know a couple of these, but I'm going to have to ask them anyway. Fast Five. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> Question number one, what is your favorite fish to catch? I would say this time of year it's the walleye, and after the middle of June it's the largemouth bass. You're the first you've uh, chosen two, but you're, you're allowed to do that. And I kind of figured that, too, by the way. And your favorite fish to eat? Definitely walleye. Dwayne, going back to your early days, what was the first fish you ever caught? It would be a perch on Lake Bemidji. You still remember that? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. I, I probably know the answer to this one, too, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, do you prefer hard water or soft water? Soft water. Yeah. Everybody prefers soft water except one guy. He, he probably... Uh, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number five, your final five. What is your favorite movie of all time? Well, I'm going to have to select two, and I'm an old ball player, so you probably could figure out the Field of Dreams. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner would be, would, be, would be right up there as number one. And I also love Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. Okay, a couple of baseball movies. Absolutely. But you know what? You don't even have to like baseball to love Field of Dreams. That's just a great movie. Very good movie, yeah. Very good. Well, it's been kind of fun. I've enjoyed listening to your, your guests and their, their answers. I've learned a little bit about some of them with the, with the questionnaires, so it's kind of a fun part of what we do. Well, I'll tell you what, Dwayne, I, I've got uh, about 100 questions uh, in the list here, so next time I call, there's five more for you you're going to have to answer. I can do it. Well, Dwayne Peterson, a Hall of Fame angler, great friend of the show, and uh, just a good guy all the way around. Always glad to have him here. Dwayne, thanks for taking the time today. You're sure welcome. I guess I would just say that I'm a little intimidated by all the the great resource people that you've recruited over the years. I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but I'm really, really proud of the of the resource people that surface uh, to help preach this game of fishing and teach us how to do it and what's going on out there and i i credit you and and your show for having done that but i'm like i say i'm i'm really impressed with the knowledgeable resource people that you that you bring to the air and uh keep that up well you know what a lot of them say uh the same thing about you Dwayne. so it's kind of a mutual admiration society well i'm old school but i'm trying to keep up with these young guys it's not easy <laughs> Well, we'll see if you can uh, a week from Saturday. We'll look forward to it. That is it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. And thank you, of course, to my guest, Dwayne Peterson. What a great show that was. And, of course, our Lake of the Week presenter, Mike Kelly from the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. Sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.